32 goals, people. 32 goals. Guess who's got them? I'm saying it. Hey now, boys and girls. <laughs> oh, we're having a good time here before everything starts. Oh, welcome to show 159 here, the Pucknologists. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Oh, if you only knew what ha- goes on in the background. Welcome back to the unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, commercial-free Sharks podcast. That is the Pucknologist here on Teal Town USA this time around, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be talking about three Sharks games played this week. <laughs> Spoiler alert, all losses. Doug Wilson steps down as the general manager. It's another bad week for EK65. New Jersey rumors are on the horizon and more. But first, remember to subscribe. Follow us on social media if you'd like to help support the content we deliver. Keep us commercial free. You can donate using the Super Chat option during the live shows. You can throw a tip in our Venmo jar at Teal Town USA. And if you're not watching live on YouTube, make sure you add your comment to the video section or the, I guess, the comment section of this video below and give this video a thumbs up if you would. We would appreciate it. So with that, hey now, hope you guys are all having a great end to the end of your weekend. Jerk, how was your weekend? Uh, It was okay then. So just okay. <laughs> you know, the Sharks lost and... It's unfortunate because you'd think as bad as they are this year, you'd think that at some point they would say, you know what, we're going to win one. And they did not do that this week or last week. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, did someone promise Dana, uh, Dana uh, the uh, wrench privilege on the chat? I guess we got to make that happen. So let's go with it. Uh, it. We're getting down to the nitty gritty, folks. I mean, the E getting next to the shark's name, is, we're about this close. Or... If you're Eric Carlson and you ask him that question, how close? You're you're about that close. There you go. So we're getting real close to the to the E getting there. Through 71 games, Sharks are they have 67 points. I'm not going to go through their record because it sucks. Seventh in the Pacific, seventh in the wild card, now 19 points out of the division. They were 17 out last week. Dude, they're close. Yeah, close. They're they're a run away from being close. Mm-hmm. Uh 17 out of the wild card. They were 15 out last week. Just add the E already. Three, six, and one over their last ten. No wins in their last five. Actually, their last six. Uh, my pre- predictions for this week, uh, I went two and three. I thought they'd beat Vancouver, but I guess not. Uh, 71 games, I had them at 72 points, and they have 67. Would you like me to uh, Curtis Brown a little bit for you? Uh, well, I have them only winning four of their next 11, but go ahead. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, I'm telling you, bro. So... Did you know that the Sharks have allowed two fewer goals than the Oilers this year? <laughs> two or fewer. <laughs> yeah. That's my Curtis Brown of the night for you. There you go. So what do we take from the week? Uh, Bugner says he wants to see the team finish strong this season. Well, <laughs> how's that working out so far? Uh, Doug Wilson, of course, as we mentioned earlier, stepped down. And it looked like uh, EK65 got barked at by Couture, but... He did kind of uh, explain what he was up to 
uh, after the game. We'll get into that momentarily. Let's hit these three games. Sharks versus Edmonton. It's a loss in overtime. <laughs> are, are we all just happy that they made it to overtime? Uh, <laughs> Merkley in for Milosh. Uh, Gadjevic in for Dolan. Reimer gets the start. Uh, we probably should have known that this game was going to suck once the uh, Sharks had fucked up, right? Highlights own Mancini sleeper old, and I have never seen this, Curtis Brown. I've been going to the tank ever since year one. Look at tonight, the shark head. It started lowering, and it was just a little bit late. Looks it tired. Eventually it gets down, and I, the players were skating laps, and it's kind of like, do we keep it going? Should we stop it here? It eventually got all the way down, but I've never, ever seen that. 20 or 30 seconds in, the guys are skating in that area. Why? Because the shark head's already gone. Well, it happens. Hey. Oh, Jesus Christ. Another time where, where Curtis Brown answers his own question. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if there I don't know if there's any data that would corroborate this, but I I kind of feel like the last two or three games where there's been a snafu with the shark head, the sharks have lost. Oh dude. I don't know I don't know what the analytic is on that, but <laughs> I kind of feel like that's a thing that's happened. <sighs> so this one I mean special teams, look, they were one for two on the power play. They killed the only pe uh power play that Edmonton got uh but mm -hmm. boy Mike Smith sure likes to play that puck eh <laughs> yeah I mean that's kind of his thing getting that assist on the, the overtime with her 30 seconds in Jesus Christ fun one in this of course is Hetty carving Merkley early on and then ending up having to eat his words when Merkley threw down a lot of moves towards the later half of the game that was kind of fun oh it's always fun uh, McDavid drew two penalties, but completely got away with high sticking EK 65. That's going to be something that we, uh, we don't carve the officials very often on this sh show. This, this is going to be one of those rare ones. Mm -hmm. Um, why is Nieto starting in overtime? <laughs> speed, you know, PK I, experience. What is it? I mean, speed, I'll give you PK experience, you know, maybe, but Three on three overtime. Last I checked, was even strength. <laughs> you know, I I think so. And like, I, I I just don't understand it. You know, and I know, you know, you kind of put in your into our notes. Well, if speed's your thing, why not Gregor? But you know, like last I checked, the upper the point of score of playing in overtime was to score. Like, why would you not put a a guy in, uh, the the start for overtime who is a little more known for that? You know, I I like. I like Nieto. I like what he brings to the table, but I thought we were past pretending like he's more than he is, you know? And it's really unfortunate because for how not so great Nieto is at finishing his chances, he gets a lot of chances, mm -hmm. surprisingly. And so I'm I'm wondering if that had something to do with it as well. Well, Bugner said post game that he went, <laughs> he went Dude, ever ever since he stiffed you on the whole Balser's power play thing, <laughs> I have a hard time caring what he has to say, but go ahead. <sighs> he said that the reason why he went that way is because he he knew that McDavid was going to be out there first, and so, so? He, <laughs> I know I'm just I'm telling you what what had happened what what had been said was he went with Nieto because he wanted to because it was Couture Nieto and Burns right okay so it was essentially like he wanted to hold back. Hurdle, Meyer, and Carlson because he knew McDavid was going to be out there first. He was like, okay, let me put these really trusted defensive guys out there to at least be out there 
until we can get McDavid off, and then we'll have this opportunity, you know, to put out our guys. So, <laughs> I I don't have a problem with that rationale. I think I think on some level it makes a lot of sense. However, <laughs> it's Connor fucking McDavid. <laughs> well, it's con it's Connor McDavid. So you can almost bet that he's going to be out there longer than a conventional shift length. Dude, like two minutes minimum. That's what I'm saying. Like, okay, so you're waiting for Mike David to get off and then you're going to put Hurdle and Meyer and Eric Carlson out there and that's fine. But what if it's 50 seconds in and Couture's ready to change and McDavid is still wheeling around there? Like, yeah, now they're gas. You know, I, I, I kind of, especially with, with three on three, how, how much of a, as we saw in this game, how much of a sudden impact it is. You just need to start with your best players and kind of hope for the best, really. Fucking A. And you talk about best players. Remember, in this one, Leon Dreisaitl did not play. Right. Uh, Which even even more evidence to the fact that McDavid would probably be out there in overtime for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Sharks took advantage of special teams, as I mentioned. Uh, especially tough uh, after more than a few missed calls, which we mentioned. Uh, but they gave up their ninth shorthanded goal of the season, and that's when you just go, oh, fuck, really? Are you kidding me with this? But it is what it is. Uh, tickets sold in this one, 12086 So the numbers are trending down. Just saying. If you're playing the Hedekin drinking game, uh, it, it, was a, it was a tough night for you because there were 11 echoes. I won't get into the rest of them, but there were 11 echoes. <laughs> I mean, just on that fact alone. Yeah, you'd be pretty hammered, right? Uh, but to begin a not very good week for EK65, let's take a look at a couple things. First off, Chief, you see him down there by the boards. Up, the puck comes around, and then he just just stands there for a second, all upset that the official got in his way or the puck didn't hit his stick just right, and he fucking just stops and gives up on the play and then sees everybody else skating full steam and goes, oh, I guess I, guess I better get back into this. That pissed me off. And then we're talking about EK65, what a great – you know, player he is. Are you kidding me with this pass right here? Literally puts it on the Oilers tape. I don't even know why you would try that pass in that situation. Just take the shot. Well, especially because I know I know it's easy it's easy to say take the shot, but that's actually the smart play. If you look at I and I can't tell who the Oilers defenseman is there. Um, but nurse. If, yeah, but if you look at it, run the run the in the truck, run the clip one more time. <laughs> You you see Nurse has his stick pointed to, you know, whatever Shark player is skating with Eric Carlson. You see that Nurse has his stick pointed there. He's blocking the pass, and it's like, okay, the player is blocking the pass. That should tell you that it's not an option. And we've seen Carlson skating down that part of the ice absolutely rip it top shelf. That's what Why I'm not, saying. you know, at that point in the game, it's one-to-one, -one and it's been kind of a tight chess match. See if you just throw one on net. See what happens. You know and what I mean? I see if I, the, the trailing player picks up a rebound if you don't make it. That's what I'm saying. I I, I don't understand. And we see all the time. You know, you pass on a two on one. Oh, you should have shot. You shoot on a two on one. Oh, you should have passed. But you look at this one. The pass nurse is taking the passing option away. I don't know the mindset in trying to pass it yeah. when the passing option's not there. Unless he thought he could feather it over the stick, which is certainly possible, but even for Eric Carlson, that's a low percentage play. Yeah, and it certainly didn't, it certainly didn't look like he was trying to feather anything, to be honest. I, I would have shot it. Yeah. So, anyway, that's 
where you're at with that one. Following it up, we got Calgary coming in now. At that time, at, at this point, you think, okay, well, this might be the one thing that we can hang our hat on. The Sharks are three and zero versus Calgary. <laughs> Somehow, yeah. Reimer would start another one. Um, are there, is is there some sort of reason why Reimer and Kakinen aren't just ping ponging at this point? Like, is is Booker still under the delusion there's a chance for the playoffs? Like, it's just, I don't understand. You go out and get this Kakinen, and it's like, wouldn't this be like a really, like, you pretty much know what you have in Reimer. Like, wouldn't you want to give Kakinen some looks and get him more exactly. comfortable? Exactly. Uh, I, don't under, I, don't, I don't understand. I mean, like, I understand wanting to start, or uh, I'm sorry, finish strong, but at the same point, like, it doesn't matter. It, like, if Reimer, the Sharks have 11 games left. If, if, Reimer starts all eleven and the Sharks go eleven and zero. They're still not making the playoffs. Who cares? <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, as luck would have it, Kakinen would end up playing in this game because <laughs> Couture ran into Reimer midway through the third. Um, but this is this. Here's another one where like special teams, eh, it could have been a difference. I mean, the PK three for three, great, but zero for three on the power play. Meyer flubbed a puck on the blue line and Kachuk steals and was off to the races that that was a man that was a shitty flub oh saw that I'm like what the fuck are you doing shitty defense by EK 65 gets called out by Hetty yet again dude has uh has Hedekins like I don't know target shifted away from Merkley it doesn't feel like it because <laughs> you know <laughs> Like he'll like, and, and again, like we, the way that we are here is like, you praise a guy when you should be praised and you criticize a guy when you should be criticized. I don't think anybody here is disputing that, but the problem that I'm seeing is like, you know, Ryan Merkley specifically, but we've seen it with other young players as well, even on other teams. But for whatever reason, you know, there's like, you know, it it's almost kind of feels like some kind of fraternity hazing where it's like oh i criticize you because you're a young player like you know that that one game last week where you know merkley merkley falls down innocently falls down and leads to a goal i was expecting hedekin to be like oh you gotta sharpen your skates there like just because it's what we've come to expect and i know you know uh one of our you know one of our buddies they were kind of saying on twitter like you know you want to know why why certain factions of the fan base don't know what the hell is going on listen to the broadcast and it's so true it's honestly true like why how many times have you heard oh you know even Brad Hedekin himself has said you learn you know you learn by making mistakes you learn by doing mm-hmm. and now you know it's been put oh you know Hedekin oh well you know Ryan Merkley, how dare he do what he's known for? Like, you know, oh, I don't like how Merkley's razzle dazzle and trying to move the puck. Well, that's what he does. That's what he's known for. How dare? You know? How dare he do what he was drafted for? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You know, and and like even Bob Bugner, you know, I saw. I don't know if you saw. You know, Shang Ooh. put out an Shang put out an article kind of about Bob Bugner's kind of mindset on Merkley, and even Bob Bugner was like. You know, I, I, I just don't understand benching a young player when it's a lost season. I can understand if you're trying to make the playoffs and it's hurting you. Absolutely. I get it. I get it. But it's a lost season. Like, it's better for Merkley long term if he's allowed to make those mistakes and know that he's not going to be banished to the AHL or the press box because he, you know, threw a breakup pass up the middle of the ice that got intercepted. I mean, yeah, do this shit I would. Now. 
you know, I, I would love, and again, there's definitely been some things Merkley's done where I'm like, oh my God, you can't do that. But it's a learning experience. And I wish, you know, we've talked about this many times before, but specifically the big three, Burns, Carlson, Vlasic, I wish that their reputation, their clout, their paycheck wasn't erasing some of their egregious mistakes because, you know, the last, I don't know, the last two weeks I've actually really liked Vlasic's game, but if you want to be kind of overarching, talk about the whole season, I've liked Merkley more than I've liked Vlasic, or at the very least I've liked them the same amount. Dude, I've liked Malosh better than Vlasic most of this season. You know what, though? I don't like Malosh, so that's not really saying something. Well, okay, fine. <laughs> uh, should be noted, though, that Merkley was scratched in this game versus Calgary. <laughs> Which is the weirdest kind of, you know, reverse psychology I've ever seen. Like, I really like Merkley's game, and, you know, he does a lot of good things for us. He's not playing tonight. Like, <laughs> Well, I, and if I remember correctly, I think Bugner was saying something about, uh, well, it's just a numbers thing. We got a what lot the of hell players. does that even mean? It's just that, you know, we can only play six defensemen. Although against Vancouver they proved that wrong. But they, here's <laughs> but here's the but here's the thing. Like we just talked about a couple minutes ago, you know, Burns, Carlson, Vlasic, they make money and they they are what they are. You know, you're you're playing them. Merkley is the young player. He's the Sharks' best prospect on defense and has played well enough to stay in the NHL. So I think you play him, but like you look at like, are you gonna Dude, are you gonna sit here and tell me? You know that, that Burns, Ferraro, Carlson, and Vlasic are playing every game, so you got yes, two spots. Ferraro. You got but two spots. But that's the thing. But are you gonna sit? You know, are you gonna sit here and tell me that <laughs> that well, we 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 need to see what we have, uh, in, in you know, in the twenty four year old Nick Malosh? No, no. Do you, are you gonna and tell how me old that is Magna? <laughs> 28. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, and again, you know, the Malosh and Megna, they're decent players. They're guys who, you know, on a, I think on a Stanley Cup team, maybe they would be an eighth defenseman. And, you know, if there's an injury, they jump in and it's give just, you good and give, give you good these... minutes. But they're not regulars in the lineup. Well, And we've said this before, dude. If everybody's healthy, are Malosh and Megna even playing in the NHL? No. Exactly. Like, dude, I, let's be honest. It it's me, gonna be it's gonna be Burns, Carlson, and Merkley, Ferraro, Vlasic, and Kinejov. And even then, like, I would take it a step further. The position the Sharks are in right now, like you said, Kinejov is hurt. You know what you have in Megna. You know what you have in. I mean, Malosh. Maybe there's a little <laughs> bit more room to grow, but you absolutely know what you have in Megna, dude. And we still haven't mentioned Shimmick. <laughs> yeah, and Shimmick, and Shimmick. But it, the the point I was trying to make is like. You're at this point in the season, and specifically for the Barracuda, you know, it's a lost season for the Barracuda. Why not? Oh, you know, because we're tinkering with things and it's a lost season in the NHL as in the AHL. Let's wheel out. Let's do, you know, Hataka Merkley. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Let's do Kinyajev Merkley. Hataka Kinyajev. You know? Yeah. Like, why not? try things like what you know if 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 the reason Megna and Malosh are in the lineup is because well you gotta you gotta play six guys why not play some rookies and get them experience I'm feeling you uh Sharks last in the chat asking us so are you guys available to be like co-gms just wondering I couldn't work with AJ he would (laughs) he wouldn't like any of the moves I made (laughs) this is true this is true (laughs) 
You AJ, a, AJ would be like, well, you know, <laughs> I think we need to <laughs> – AJ would be like, I think we need to sign somebody who can play with Carlson, you know, get him structured back on track. And I'd be like, no, 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 play Carlson by himself. He doesn't need a D partner. <laughs> <laughs> Fucked out of here. <laughs> Uh, you know, I think I fucked up. I, I played that video of the uh, shark head all jacked up. I think that actually happened during the Calgary game, but it, it, like it makes a difference. Um, <laughs> speaking of making a difference, the, you know, this is another one. Power play could have made a difference, but whatever. Uh, well, I even I even tweeted, "Why is Benino on the power play?" Like, because <laughs> well, it's certainly not going to be Balsers. Well, and that's when. <laughs> well, and 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 I get this, you know. If you if you would take a look at the module, nine of eleven of Benino's goals this year are high value goals. So you think, yeah, maybe you know he's good in the right situation. Let's get him out there. But you know, only only two of his eleven goals this year have been power play goals. I think it's safe to say he's not the secret weapon on the power play. Yeah. Well, and like I said, it's a four-two loss. But remember, Lindholm had an empty netter in this one, so it was actually closer than it would appear. But again, boy, power play goal certainly would have been a difference in this one. Would have been the difference. <clears throat> yeah, uh, this one ticket sold eleven thousand four twenty-six. So again, trending downward. So maybe the talk about the mass mandates and the Rona and all that—maybe that wasn't the end-all, be-all. Might have been a little bit more. Maybe if this team is pushing for the playoffs, could be different. Uh, mm -hmm. But to get back to what you were saying, there was, I don't know if you noticed, but in this game, there was a lot of pride coming from the, the Sharks, or at least it was being illustrated from Han and Hetty proclaiming the, you know, the Sharks lead the league in games by rookies. Is that not a tacit admission that they've mismanaged the cap? Like, yeah, we have to have rookies out there because we don't have any cap. <laughs> we, well, we I, I think anybody. it's a, I think it's a product of having crappy depth as well. Well, yes, yeah. But even that's, then, that's not. I mean, okay, but that's really not all that impressive. I mean, <laughs> like. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like you look at hey, okay, Eric Carlson. How much defense would you like your D partner to play? Just this much. Just well, it's just like that much. You know, okay. So Adam Ra Adam Raska, five. He's played five games this season. Averaged eight minutes a night. What are you doing in eight minutes? You know, Artemi Kinyajev. He played in one game this year, and he played just under twelve minutes. What are you doing in twelve minutes? <laughs> you know, Santeri Hatika played in eight games this year. He's averaging twelve minutes a night. Again. What are you doing in 12 minutes? <laughs> what does it Jeffrey, say you do here? That's what I'm saying. It's like, I understand, like, if they want to say, oh, yeah, you know, we've had a lot of young guys in the lineup. And that is true. And I would say a handful of the young guys have impressed. I'm not going to say that they haven't. But, you know, and, and this is total state media nonsense, so I shouldn't even really be that annoyed by it. But it's like, <laughs> don't pretend like, like the Sharks, you know, I don't want to say the Sharks, but the broadcast, these pe people are saying they're acting like. Many people. Yeah, they're acting like, ooh, the Sharks are playing a lot of young players and they're having a sole positive impact on the team. And it's like, yeah, okay, they're playing the young guys, but are they getting adequate ice time? Meanwhile, Brent Burns, who has somehow gotten this season, like, has... Like 40, point, or 40 uh, minutes a game. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he's, you know, he's averaging 26.07 a game. And, and I think on some level... Burns actually plays better the more minutes he plays. But at the same time, if Brent Burns wasn't Brent Burns, he's not getting that many minutes with how many mistakes he makes. Yeah. 
Uh, and that goes back to what we said about, you know, players getting by on their reputation. Yeah. Uh, comment coming in from PJ48, which is kind of the point I was making earlier. So Carlson stopped skating on the play. Probably the fourth time I've seen him stop skating on a play in the last two weeks, including that game-winner OT goal against. Yeah, it's been a been a frustrating two or so weeks for him. I mean, he's only got – and I know, you know, only three assists in seven games, which is – Dude, my lawn has decent. never looked better. That's what I'm saying. It's decent, but a player like that, you need more. Dude, my lawn has never looked better as it has these last two weeks. <laughs> He's making it real easy to call him out. Uh, so we move on to the Vancouver game. Up in Vancouver this time for the first time that I can remember. Uh, I think the first time I can rem- remember as Bugner being the coach, the Sharks go 11 forward 7D. Mm-hmm. They get Shimmick out there on the fourth line. He was kind of playing like whichever. Okay, t- t- every time he hit the ice... Dear forward coach, we're not sure here. Uh, Kakanin gets the start. Uh, boy, Merkley. Well, first off, let's talk about the 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 chances. One for five on the power play for the Sharks. Now you think if you get five power plays, god damn, I'd like at least two goals. Yeah, but you went seven for seven on the PK, <laughs> which I have I have to say, in spite of everything that's transpired the last three years, the PK has been very good. Dude, it was it was and it was really good last year. Like, yeah. dude, if they if they could just say, you know, you know what, fuck it, we're we're five on four the whole game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like like we've heard of too many men. Is there a penalty for not enough? No. Okay, let's go. <laughs> uh, and this one we all know. Merkley got lit up. And Vancouver ended up taking it the other way, makes it one nothing. A lot of people calling for a, a it was a headshot, or they you know they want to see supplemental discipline in the post game. Merkley said, "I thought it was a solid hit." Yeah, I mean, though, I mean, what is he get? You know, and again, <laughs> yeah, that dirty motherfucker. I'm gonna get him. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's I mean, what is he gonna say, right? But at the same time, I mean. The it's so hard to tell, right? Because depending on the angle you look at, kind of determines, you know, whether or not you think it was a good hit, a good hit or a bad hit or whatever. When I first saw it, I was kind of like, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. know about that one. But then, but then, you know, he obviously he comes back, and and he seemed fine, so. Maybe it was just one of those things where the optics makes it look worse than it was. Well, he had to go off to the room, you know, the concussion yeah, guy spotters. Yeah, and that's just protocol. Yeah, spot, it's like he passed his, his protocol. So, <laughs> Which, Mer- <laughs> they, uh, the, the, the protocol test was... Is, wa- uh, is water wet? Yes. No, okay, no, no. no. The, the, the protocol test was, which Merkley are you, Ryan or Nick? And, you know, <laughs> no no telling whether he got it on the first or second try. But Dude, it's funny you say that because I was, I was listening to a highlight on Sportsnet for the Vancouver game and when the hit happens the 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 short house mm-hmm. goes and Nick Merkley takes a huge hit and I'm like who? Oh yeah, I noticed that too. <laughs> oh, that was great. Hey, speaking of huge hits in this game. Hey, no. And I this is one I'm particularly fond of for various reasons. I <laughs> I was very happy to see I know for all that's said about Shimmick and you know I was very happy to see him blow up Tyler Myers. Like that was oh. a awesome hit. No, we all like that. Yeah. Um, 
Let's quickly get through this. Uh, oh, but real quick on the chat, just because I thought this was interesting. Uh, you need to expand your module. Are we tracking starfish numbers? Um, I like the idea. I I don't because it's going to make me upset. And, and you know what? And you know what's really talking about getting by on your clout? Burns had a starfish last night's game against the Canucks, and it was successful. And so you know, oh, now you wow, track. Burnsy. He's so unorthodox. You have to track you though. Know. Starfish. How many starfishes? How many are six? Uh, out of those, how many are successful? I think the success rate is less than ten percent. <laughs> Hurdle ties it on a five-on-three. Uh, a flub from Ferraro leads to a two-on-one the other way, and Vancouver scores. Uh, Burns fires one from the corner off Benino. It's two-two, but Chason makes it three-two. Uh, it's it, it, look. I don't even know why did this game start off so hot. Like it seemed Vancouver just were fucking somebody pissed in their Cheerios before this shit even started. Well, I think it was the hit on Merkley kind of what started it all. Yeah, but I like even before that, like Vancouver just seemed like they were running around with their ass on fire. Like well, I just like I like when was the, I mean <laughs> when was the last time these assholes played each other? I mean they this is the first time that they've seen each other since. I'm looking at here December. Like I didn't understand why there was so much vitriol to start this game. Mm-hmm. But uh, and then you know the officiating uh, on this just unbelievable things that weren't called early suddenly were called late. Couture, I don't know how many he cross checks he took, and I don't think a single one got called. Well, and and Luke, you know, you talk about getting blown up. Luke Shen blew up Couture. That wasn't called. Um, you know, whatever you want to say. About the hit on Merkley, like, I could have seen a situation where it was interference, but whatever. But the thing that really kind of fired me up was, and I don't remember ugh, who it was on, but towards the end of the game, there was a a, uh, a hooking penalty taken uh, by the Sharks, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, that is... Oh, was that Meyer? Yeah, I'm like, oh. where is the hook? Yeah. Like, you know, and... It's just there was. I mean, some very the fact that there were the, the fact that there were twelve minor penalties between the two teams. Like that kind of tells you something. I'm not quite sure what it tells you, but it tells you something. <laughs> uh, finally, in this one, to end it all, we see Couture on the bench just fucking barking at East K65. Uh, now, if you hear Couture post game, he's saying, uh, "I I wasn't barking at." Carlson specifically, I was yelling at the bench like Burns and Meyer were there too. And I was, you know, there was had to do with how much time was left on the clock and they weren't communicating. They were, you know, I was telling them, you guys got to let me know stuff like that. But I don't know. You know what? Mark Purdy, like Mark Purdy, former Sharks writer. He said that, you know, I don't know. You, you hear the explanation. It seemed like Couture and Carlson were, Pretty engaged. Well, I saw something really stupid where, you know, somebody was basically saying, you know, oh, if it were me, I would have simply looked up at the Jumbotron. And it's like, okay, so say you're getting the puck in the corner. You shoot your head straight up at Zenith to look at the (laughs) Jumbotron. And then somebody on the Canucks coming for the puck, they blow you up and they score an empty net goal. Yeah. Like, the you know the NHL was the NHL started for a while 
putting a clock into the boards for that exact reason to not have guys get blown up like that. And I don't know why they stopped doing it. Cause I think it's a really smart idea, but it is, you know, Couture's going for the puck. So, you know, they need to say like just the normal communication stuff, you know, around the net, behind the net to your D partner, you got time, anything like that. Like these are normal things we hear every game and why all of a sudden, I don't know. We didn't hear these things, whatever, but I agree. And then to see, and, and I've kind of, I don't even remember what game it was. It might've been, uh, it was the, whatever game was the last game of last week. I believe it was on Saturday. Um, you know, where the sharks do a really good job at playing like they're a man down when they have the man advantage. (laughs) That That was against Dallas. Yeah. Against Dallas. Thank you. And it was like, you saw that both Carlson and Burns zero urgency to get the puck when it came out of the zone. You know, Carlson, as you said, Carlson kind of did his slow, like, ugh, fuck, I'm annoyed skating. <laughs> and Burns, you know, Burns, here's the thing the, with Burns, he's all about the low percentage play. The puck is coming at him. He'll swat at it. And if he, if he connects and keeps it in, it's like, oh my God, he's so unorthodox and awesome. The only problem is he only makes that connection maybe three out of 10 times. Like, it's a low percentage play, and then the puck goes way past him. And why Couture, who's the center, why he's the first guy in the defensive zone to get the puck, like, that tells you that he flew past both defensemen. Yeah. And you know it was Carlson Burns because they're trying to tie the game. So, I, you know, anybody who's going to say, oh, you know, why is Couture yelling? He's a baby. I think you're an idiot because that shows, you know, somebody was paying attention out there. And then there's people out there, too, who are trying to say, oh, it's about time Couture stepped up as a captain oh, and a fuck. leader. It's like, are you on the team? What number do you wear? Like, then how do you know? Yeah. You know? But either way, the, the the cherry on a shit Sunday for uh, the last couple of weeks for EK65 and six losses. I mean, just <sighs> not great. Uh, I like <laughs> what you're what you're saying is that the stats look better when the team wins. Funnily enough, that's how it works. I don't, I'm not sure how. But that's the way it goes. I like PJ48 in the chat. His idea for concussion protocol, spell Hobgawaks. <laughs> if you can spell that correctly, you're clear. Uh, so let's move on to stock up, stock down. Uh, I got three quick ones. Uh, for me, Meyer, stock up. He's got points in eight of his last nine. However, uh, it's you know it hasn't been – he hasn't had necessarily the greatest uh, week uh, – you know, <laughs> it hasn't been awesome, but he does have eight in the last nine games. Burns, three goals, two assists, plus two in six losses. And Benino, three goals in the last five games. Anybody for you? I you may, I like that you mentioned Meyer. He, obviously, the points are there, but I felt like, especially this week, it seemed like he was fighting the puck a bit. You I'm, I'm like, going to be honest. Like, the, there's a part, I, I think there could be arguments made for putting Meyer stock up and stock down. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and we've seen this, we saw this earlier in the year as well. And it's, it's human nature, but when things are kind of off the rails, Meyer will tend to sort of try and be the one person show. Mm-hmm. And if you pull it off, awesome. But again, we're talking about low percentage plays. It's not something that really happens all that often. And so you kind of, you know, sometimes it's, it's, you know, it's better to do the the boring play. You know what I mean? It's smarter. But honestly, 
this week and even the week before it was such a disaster. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know that I want to say stock up for anybody, at least anybody on this team. <laughs> you know, I would, the only thing I could say is maybe stock up would be, you know, a couple players on the Barracuda, specifically Hatika, Kinyajev, Blickfeld. I feel like even though the, the season for the Barracuda is a lost season as well. Who, who's this Blickfeld that you mentioned? <laughs> right. But <laughs> despite the season for the Barracuda also being a lost season, I feel as though those three players specifically have really have, have really turned it on as of late and they've played well. And I don't know that they've played well enough to make an impression on the parent club, but I think they've played well to kind of generate some buzz around their names. That's honestly, that's it is three players from Barracuda. Like that's how bad oh. this week was. Okay. Uh, and someone letting me know that the ticker is fucked up and I appreciate that. Thank you. That's, that's on me. That's my bad. I was, that's, this is what happens when you like try to just blow through stuff real quick. <laughs> but I appreciate that. It has been updated. Thank you. Who who was that? I want to give you uh, props for that. Alex. Alex Beltran. Yeah. Thank you, Alex. Shout out to Alex. You know what? Because facts matter here. Well, real. you know, what I love about Alex, this is a totally unnecessary plug, but you said a long time ago, you said, hey, I have no problem if you're going to carve me, but just at me. And Alex was like, okay. And every time he carves you, he ats you. So yeah, I appreciate uh, it. Dude, totally. <laughs> Um, so for, uh, yeah, so the stock up, get, getting back to, uh, Meyer for a hot second, it was, yeah. it, you know, it was three assists dash four and he, which is unbelievable, <laughs> do, do unbelievable, but you also have to take into account, like it was, you know, okay, here's a couple of games or like, I don't know, four or five straight with hurdle. Okay. Now Couture's off. So let's put him down with Couture and we'll put the killer bees back with hurdle bolsters and Baraban off. And what happened? Well, nobody got in on it. Okay, well, fine. Um, and even and if you even if you want to take it, um, you know, if you want to take it a step further, so you know, you're just talking with his with this last week, but you look at his last eight games, like he's actually, it's uh, it looks like he might be even dash five just by <sighs> some quick math, and you know, and and how much did we talk about you know the beginning of the year, how good of a job Meyer was doing at staying out of the penalty box, right? Oh, yeah. You know, he's got, this year, he's got 38 penalty minutes. But haven't, haven't like, 20 of them come in the last five games? (laughs) That's what it feels like. (laughs) Like, there was a game there was a game sometime this week where he was in the box at least three times. Dude, 38 penalty minutes this year, 20 of them have been in March. (laughs) So I was close. I was close. Yeah, and and, and it's like, and, and so it's kind of, the offense is there, as you pointed out, but a lot of there's a couple of things: taking a lot of penalties, not taking nearly as many shots as he was before, mm-hmm. and trying to be the one man show when the sharks are down. Hey, would you like a nice little uh, a quick kick in the balls? Sure. Uh, how many goals does Timo Meyer have of the season? <sighs> you bastard! Thirty-one. <laughs> Can you think of somebody who has thirty-two? Uh yeah. Uh he he actually plays for the Sharks too. His name is Josh Norris. <laughs> oh wait. What do you mean he doesn't play for the Sharks? That's right, kids. Josh Norris scored his thirty second goal earlier today. Would be leading the San Jose Sharks with that. Uh I mean, again, worth mentioning that at the time. Yeah. No, I feel you. 
but just, hindsight is, is a motherfucker. The, well, hind, and and hindsight is the natural kind of that's the natural thing that people cling on to. Like nobody nobody says, well, at the time this, you know, like unless you're being seriously deep and analytical with your thinking, but if you're just reacting, it's always hindsight. Nah. Stock down. Uh like well, I like, <laughs> like I said EK65, dude, you're standing around on a play more than once this week and and just kind of uh, you know, uh, not hustling. That well, it didn't land perfectly on my tape, so I'm just gonna, you know, be a bitch about it. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, dude, you know, and I've played games with people like that where it's, oh, well, it didn't go perfectly my way, so I'm just gonna like not play for a minute and be pissy. <sighs> but you got that. I mean, getting whether he got yelled at by Couture or not, we'll never know. Uh, but either way, that's. That's one for me, and th- this is gonna kill you, bro. But uh, Barabanov, stock down, dude. One, yeah, ass- one it, assist yeah. in six games, dash eight, dude. Yeah, and you know what? We had him on. Uh, he was on stock up. I want to say last week or the week before. Yeah. So it, it's <laughs> goes to show you how how much the pendulum swings. I mean, as, <laughs> you know, as you said, one assist in the last six games, and yeah, dash eight as well. But I don't know. I think if you're gonna this is the thing that I think is is what a lot of people are unfairly going to say, right? Is Barabanov, before that, had a hell of a stretch. He had Absolutely. What, a, a goal and six assists in seven games, seven points in seven games before this stretch. And everybody's saying, well, yeah, I mean, that's awesome. But, Hold you on, know. wait, let me ask you. One assist in six games, dash eight. Are you trying to say that's a small sample size? it's exactly what i'm saying but but no you get the people where it's like where i say hey you know what you look at his last seven uh prior to this week obviously worth saying but you look at his last seven games prior to this week seven points in seven games and it's like you get the people say well yeah that's awesome but look who he plays with timo meyer and tomas hurdle you know he's benefiting a lot from that Right, but is he doing the right things? You know, well, but, does he does he look like he's out of sorts, like he doesn't belong? No, and the, but that's but that's what I'm saying is so he's playing well, and you get all these people who say, oh, he's benefiting from playing with those guys, blah blah blah, numbers are inflated, all that nonsense. But then the pendulum swings the other way, as you said, in his last four in his last four games, he's a dash seven, no points, and it's like, oh. Look at this pigeon. He can't do anything. And it's like, okay, so when he plays well, it's because of somebody else. But when he plays bad, it's his fault. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, I, it, the the mental gymnastics that people go through, dude. Yeah. Uh, stock down, Vlasic. You know, he, he potted goals in two or three games, and everybody was like, hey, you know, not doing too bad. He's starting to look a little, a little bit more like the MEV that we all know and remember. And now in the last six games, zero points and a dash seven. Mm-hmm. So anyway, and and I know, and I just want to throw this out there. I know plus minus gets shit on, and I understand why it's it's you know it's not the end all be all stat for anything, but let's use it in context for a minute. You know, like if you're Brent Burns, you have forty seven points, and you're a dash sixteen on the season. That's a net positive of thirty one. Mm-hmm. But then you have a guy like Lane Peterson that has two points on the season, but he's a dash 15. So that's a net negative of dash 13. Well, and, and as we've said before, like, so context matters, right? And, and as we said before, you know, you, how many times do you hear people say, Oh, that team's best players played like their best players tonight. But at the same time, it, it has to go the other way as well. The player 
who's out there the most. Same thing with Eric Carlson, with Brent Burns. They're out there the most. They're more susceptible to mistakes. Mm-hmm. So I understand, yes, yeah, specifically for Burns, averaging 26 minutes a night, his mistake threshold, just by that fact, should be larger. But the point I was trying to make earlier about Brent Burns is like, He's even even though he's entitled to a a larger or a longer leash in that front, he's using more like he's going even further. And that's the point I was trying to make earlier. Um, It's so again, the same thing with stock up like last week, everybody was bad this week. Everybody is bad. It's hard for me to say if somebody got worse. But the thing I will say in keeping with my theme, because my stock up was unorthodox. My stock down is going to be unorthodox. Sure. The the sharks broadcast now. Oh fuck! Here we go. <laughs> we we've talked we've talked in the we've talked in the past. Uh, you know the 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 hockey jerk method for watching sharks games is as soon you know you set the timer for seven thirty seven and you catch the game right as it starts. You every intermission you set an eighteen minute timer. You go do whatever else you got to do. A timer goes off. Hey, game's back on. You avoid as much as you can. Leading up to this past week, you know, last week and this week, if stuff on the broadcast has transpired that I don't like, I'll just mute it. I'll watch the game in silence. Maybe I'll listen to some music while I'm watching the game or whatever. This week was the first week where I actually watched multiple full games on the other team's feed. Like, you know, you DM'd me to, a couple to, things. To you, be fair... The Sharks did play three Canadian teams this week, so I can even, understand. But he, right, but even then, you know, you DM'd me last night, and you were like, oh my god, I can't believe Hedekin said this. And I'm like, well, I... <laughs> didn't hear it, Chief. I'll just take your word for it. I didn't hear it, you know? <laughs> like, and 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 how how long ago? It was a couple years ago, right before the pandemic. How long ago that, that an article in The Athletic ranked the Sharks broadcast in the top five? Yeah. And we've come so far the other way. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, my Lanta. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about the, the Hedekin drinking game last week. Uh, and, uh, again, if you if you were on that uh, that Vancouver game, you had a rough one. There was eight complaints about the officiating, seven echoes. I mean, holy crap. But the new – if you, if you want to start playing the drinking game during pre-intermission and post – here, here, here's the uh, the play. Anytime Curtis Brown utters a sentence and then or or some sort of a question and then answers his own question, you have to take a shot. Uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. Kakinen needs to be better in this situation. Why? Because blah 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 blah. It's always he says something and then he always follows it. Why? Because blah blah blah. He doesn't give anybody the opportunity to ask or follow up. So. That's yeah, that's the the brownie drinking game for those of you who really have a problem with alcohol. There's there's your excuse. <sighs> I feel as though we've crossed the line yet again. <laughs> uh, Ricky in the chat saying stock down Shimmick. He looked so fucking bad when he was playing D Vlasic and Shimmick Shimmick couldn't make a breakout pass to save their careers. Oof. Yes. Yes. However, he does get a tiny, tiny, tiny bump, maybe 5%, 10%, uh, as we mentioned earlier, for blowing up Tyler Myers. There you go. Oh, wait a minute. P- Hold on. I have, a, I have a question here. PJ48 coming in. Vancouver radio broadcast last night thought the hit on Merkley was a penalty and the cross-check on Couture. 
They fought the hooking call on JT Miller. Uh, called off goal was bad too. Um, either way, the, my question is, fuck you, listen to the radio broadcast. for. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it's a valid point where, you know, if you have like a lot of those uh, instances that PJ is mentioning were in favor of the Canucks. Uh, two of three. And so when you have the Canucks broadcast poo-pooing on things that favor the Canucks, right? again, that tells you something. I, I don't know what it tells you, but it tells you something. <laughs> well, and a Canucks team desperately trying to claw their way into a playoff spot. Right. So anyway. Uh, oh, real real quick before we go any further. Yeah, we'll uh, we've gotten into – we I've gotten into the habit of doing this um, just for, for no real reason other than to kind of <laughs> – for your own put, just self-satisfaction? Go ahead. Yeah, you know, put a little extra salt in the wounding. In case you 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 were starting to come around and maybe see the daylight on this team, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna make it even worse for you. Um, so three games this week, Edmonton at home, Calgary at home, Vancouver on the road. Rudolph's Balsers played a combined zero minutes and zero seconds on the power play. <laughs> he didn't even touch the ice on the power play. <laughs> what a shock. And again, shock. I understand. I understand, like he told you, AJ, like Bob told you. Man, you're not letting that go. <laughs> no, I'm not letting it go. I Like Bob told you, Balsers is an incredible asset on the penalty kill. N- nobody is disputing that. You know who else is an incredible asset on the penalty kill? Couture, who's on the power play. Benino, who's on the power play. Uh, Tomas Hurdle, who's on the power play. Like, you can play significant minutes on the power play and the penalty kill. Couture and Hurdle and Benino did it against Edmonton. Those three did it against uh, Calgary as well. Even Scott freaking Reedy. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I hit up our girl Dana. She says, I think Shimmick, Dana! <laughs> I think Shimmick can still be traded. I mean, yeah, anybody I can it, be traded. Well, I, and I think, like... Would, I mean, what's he make? Two more years left at, like, 2.2? Well, well, you should know. You broke the signing, but anyway. Oh! Boom, 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 boom. Two years after this year at two and a quarter. Two and a, uh, so I was pretty close. Uh, I think he, he's kind of a... From what he was when he first joined the Sharks, he is a bit of a tarnished asset. Yeah. However, I think a team... Honestly, I would have explored trading him at the deadline. I think a team, a, a legit Stanley Cup team who's going to be a Stanley Cup team for a while, maybe they look at that and say, yeah, you know. A little depth? Yeah, some depth. He's not making that much money if we get him in the right position. I could see it. And would the Sharks, like, maybe, like, eat a mill? I, yeah, I mean, why not, right? Sure. I, I mean, I the obviously the preference is to not do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think – Similar to LeBanc I've, and to Burns. Who? <laughs> right. Like, But similar to LeBanc and similar to Burns, I think Shimmick, you know, Sharks fans are going to say, oh, my God, <laughs> your favorite, AJ. This guy sucks. We need to trade him. Okay. Uh, but I think similar to LeBanc and Burns, you can find a taker for Shimmick. Like, there are 31 other Arizona! teams out there. Like, there are 31 <laughs> other teams out there. You know what I mean? Arizona! And maybe, yeah. Well, a dude. Where contracts you, go to die. Well, you talk about Arizona. Have you wheeled over to their cap friendly a little bit? Uh, what do they got? Like eighteen million left. <laughs> well, dude, and again, like I don't know, Shimmick doesn't really help them on this front, but you know they signed Travis Boyd to an extension and they traded for Nick Ritchie. 
But prior to that, dude, they had only like five or six forwards under contract for next year. <laughs> okay, we're going to get to this in a little bit. So uh, finally, I want to ask you anything different because we didn't touch on it last week. Has anything changed whatsoever in the module? Module. Okay, what have I said all? What have I said all this year about it? The top three are, are the top still three. the top three. Yeah. Okay, so nothing's um, changed. Uh, I mean, let it go. Nick. I mean, again, <laughs> Nick Benino. Nine of his eleven goals are high value. Um, so even though he's got one less goal than Benino or uh, Dolan, he's his he's got more module points. So Benino is actually past Dolan. How sad is that? Um, you know, considering that's, you know. You think but you think Dolan's with the Sharks next season? I really hope so. I I just like he's kind of gotten the jam job a little but, bit this year. I think maybe a little bit, but I also think he's gotten some opportunities that maybe he's squandered a little bit. I mean, I mean that's probably fair, but I think he's you know he has kind of dealt with a little bit of an injury, which didn't help. Yeah. Um. And I I, I can I tr- can I break out an, uh, a tried and true old. Can I can I dust off an old saying from back in the day? Yeah, sure. Uh, is Dolan here next season? I am unsure. <laughs> well, and and I saw, you know, I saw some people saying, "Wow, you know, again, you you, you have to take everything that the mouth breathers on social media say <laughs> with a grain of salt." But I saw somebody say, "Oh, Jonathan Dolan is Sorensen 2.0." Oh. But okay, and yeah, everybody's gonna get all fired up about that. But again, we what is this podcast all about? We're all about the numbers. Jonathan Dolan, his rookie season, he's twenty four years old. He's got twelve goals. Marcus Sorensen's rookie season, when he was twenty four years old, he had five goals. So literally according to the numbers, not the same player. <laughs> Just wanted to put that out. By there. definition. And not only that, but Again, you can have a discussion on, you know, comparing different leagues to one another, but I'm prior to the NHL, I'm much more interested in Dolan's body of work than I am Sorensen's. Fucking A. So I think with Dolan cuz and and it all goes back to you remember after, you know, sometime whatever it was between Thanksgiving and Christmas, that weird shoulder injury he had between Thanksgiving and Christmas. That is when his up and down play started. If you remember before that, he was like, he was playing incredibly well, incredibly consistently up to that point. You know, he mm-hmm. had, as I said, he's got 12 goals. Well, uh, he, 12... he came out on fire to start the season. Like I said, he's got 12 goals on the season this year. Um, it felt like eight of them were scored in the first like month and a half of the Sharks. Dude, eight of eight of them were scored in 2021. <laughs> okay, see, I was right. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. You like, like I said, you look the his freak injury that was against the. Do you happen to recall who that was against? Uh, was it against the Capitals? Right. I I honestly can't remember. Yeah, but even okay, so I kind of overestimated a little bit, but even then. Before the injury, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of his twelve goals before the injury. Mm. And again, well, this it was goes... a weird. It was a weird injury, and it was weird that it kept him out so long. But then it was kind of weird that he came back so fast. It was all very weird. But like, I don't. You know, people are just. It's easy to dump on Dolan. Oh, he, only, he played on Couture's wing, and he only has twelve goals. But he was 
firing like you wouldn't believe. And then well, dude, this pu- mystery injury happens, and and that's kind of where it went off the rails. Dude, Puck guy in the chat saying before Thanksgiving, Dolan was in on the Calder talk. Exactly. So, and then he has this, yeah, Jonathan Dolan, noted shooter, <laughs> has has a freak injury with his shoulder. And since then, his shooting hasn't looked the same. I again, I don't think it takes a board-certified doctor to figure this out. Well, I mean, tell it, me I'm wrong. No, I'm with you on that. <laughs> I'm just saying it's you know he's going to be uh, RFA. It makes That's me. I, I know. I'm just wondering. It's like, is he somebody that they're going to look for to try to find another guy on the cheap, or are they just going to sit there and go, ah, you know what, we can replace this in the aggregate. We'll find. Somebody no, else. No, 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 no. You got to you a guy like Dolan, the talent he has, you keep similar to remember last year, all the conversations around balsers. What do you do with balsers? Same thing. Keep, give him the balsers deal. And <laughs> but whatever you do, don't put balsers on the fucking power play. <laughs> right. But I just think like, you know, before anybody gets too wild here, Jonathan Dolan is. He's not Jeff Viel. All right. Wait, dude, we have to move on. We're at the we top. We don't have to do anything. This is our network. <laughs> I mean, we own the network. Tell the affiliate that we're running long. We're an hour in. We haven't even touched on Doug Wilson leaving. Good. Uh, <laughs> but for all the talk of the module, uh, did you know that Daryl Sutter himself, a believer in the module? You know, you, you got you to... Gotta... The guys who score big goals are way more way more important than the guys who score lots of goals. So you break that down. There you go. Guys who score big goals are way more important than the guys that score lots of goals. Is that not the foundation on which the Moduel was built? Literally was. Shout out to Daryl, friend of the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, Dude, I got to talk to Remenda and see if he can grease the wheels on that fucking interview. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, it's just... It's... <laughs> no, but I, you know, I, I selfishly, I think that's kind of cool, right? Because I, I've seen a couple people, I'm not going to name any names, but I've seen a couple people who are like, well, they look at the module and they say, well, what does this tell me? Mm. And it's like, I don't know, Daryl Sutter, pretty big name NHL coach, and he seems to be down with it. So, dude, that would be the, I would have to remind myself, like, I'd have to keep hitting myself in the head, go, whatever you do, just keep everything soft, spoken, and monotone. Mm-hmm. Daryl, <laughs> I love Daryl Sutter. Like Dude. that's that's a guy. <laughs> Do you remember <laughs> all the nonsense? Like right before Jack Eichel was traded, how the Flames were apparently in on it. And typical Daryl Sutter, known for the sound bites, was asked, and he's basically like, "I I, I don't know who that player is." Like, <laughs> it's like, dude, like, you're not fooling anybody. But... <laughs> I fucking love Daryl. All right. So we got to move on. Uh, let's get Says into you. this. <laughs> we don't have to do anything. It's our network. <laughs> so after last week, we discussed re- potentially replacing Bob Bugner as coach. Uh and, and then, of course, part of that being that obviously that decision is going to come from the higher up. But I had actually planned since we talked about Bugner last week that, you know what? We should talk about Wilson this week. And the fucker beat me to the punch. <laughs> I was like, should he step down? And God damn it, he did. So, look, the majority of the fans that were got in on the Bugner talk, they said yes. It, you know, Bugner got to go. 
and that's fine. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Um, I plan to ask if it was time to move on from Dougie. I mean, second longest tenured GM in the league. First 15 years, pretty successful. Uh, under his watch, you know, there were other issues. He got into that whole fuck you with Thornton. Uh, we, we saw multiple captains stripped of their letters. Uh, he changed his MO for contract signings from five years to eight years. Uh, he told fans before this season, we're not as far as many people think. Um, you're, you're, it turns out that the Sharks were as far as pe many people thought, including the two people on this show. Uh, but he's been on medical leave for uh, since just about Thanksgiving. But Wilson pointed to two areas of the Sharks roster that were priorities for improvement this past offseason, goaltending and center depth. Now, goaltending, I think we can all agree, just based on the numbers. We all know how much Jerk loves his numbers. Yep. Uh, Reimer, 915. Hill, 906. Kakinen, 895. Last year, Jones, 896. Dubnik, 898. Kozanash, 899. You'll notice that the string of goalies from a season ago did not crack 900, whereas the current crop... Two of the three have cracked nine, or uh, you know, yeah, nine hundred. So, de definitive upgrade there. Numbers, numbers matter. On the center depth thing, though, was there an upgrade? I don't know that there was. Uh, I'd have to go through and run all the numbers, but if I remember correctly, uh, this year, you know, Benino centering the third line for the vast majority of it. You know, when I was running the numbers earlier through so many games, it was like, well, 18 points from Benino versus Gambrell over the same stretch, 12 points. So you go, okay, that's a definitive upgrade. Mm -hmm. But it all came down to that fourth center position. Weatherby, Reedy, and Peterson together putting together, f together putting together. Uh, that was like an also two, wasn't it? Opportunity to make an opportunity. There you go. Uh, but cobbling together 15 points. <laughs> I know words. <laughs> Gregor True and Marlowe last year, 16. So not an upgrade, but as Jerk will tell you, uh, whether you want to hear it or not, mm -hmm. the Sharks, f for pretty much this entire season, have been playing a fourth line in the third line position. Yep. So. And an AHL top line in the fourth line position. Yes. And... Uh -oh. Are and are the same exact team they were last year without their best player. Hey now, right? That's if you want something to chew on. That's <sighs> oh, that's if you want something to chew on. That's it. So you know, Wilson said we've got to build a really good third line. You have to have a good fourth line. Well, what the fuck happened? You know, the sh Sharks put a good fourth line as the third line. Use the fourth line as I don't know a way to either look at the youth like Reedy or Weatherby or Shemilevsky or whoever, and uh, evidently anybody not named Blickfeld, or <laughs> it was used as a punishment for guys like Balsers or Dolan or Gregor. Which I still don't understand. I mean, even going back to last game, right? We were talking about Jonathan Dolan, like what Dolan's bread and butter is. And then it's like, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna play with Reedy, which I've liked Reedy's game. I thought he's been decent, but you're gonna play with Reedy and Shimmick, who's gonna moonlight as a forward this game. And like even before Reedy and VL, like that's that's not who Dolan should be playing with. Like it's the same <laughs> thing as Ryan it's the same thing as Ryan Merkley. Like if you don't let these young players work out their shit, how are they ever supposed to get better? No doubt. They, yeah, they can't play in fear. you got to let these guys off the chain and give them a little slack once in a while. Yeah. Uh, Bob asking, are they going to fire Boogie? Well, that's all up to the next GM. 
my friend. And I mean, it, it should it, be said that Boogie only has one year on his contract following this season. So if the new GM does come in and want want to put his stamp of approval in here right away, that would be a somewhat inexpensive, you know, change to make. It depends on how you look at it, because if the if the goal is to once again, you know, and when I say develop, <laughs> if the goal is to miss the playoffs. Boogie, Boogie is your man. Okay, <laughs> that's what no, but that's what I'm saying. It's like like obviously tanking is illegal. Nobody's going to openly tank. So they say go with a youth movement. That's what they say. If the option is to go with the youth movement, then yeah, keep Bugner because who cares? It's a losing season anyway. If the plan is to try and stop wasting your big money guy's time, then you dump Bugner for a real coach. And that's not to say I think Bugner is a good assistant coach. I think he's a fine defensive Keep Bugner, assistant. Let him let him run the defense and the penalty kill and yeah. get somebody above him. I have no issue with that. Dude, but, but here's Burns here's the problem, Burns was though. a Norris Trophy winner under the tutelage of Bugner. And here's here's the problem. This is what this is the part that doesn't jive with what I just said. <laughs> the Sharks have been doing a youth movement the last three years. But let's really think about that. Like we talked about earlier, when the young players do get into the lineup, they're not playing a lot of minutes, and they're not afforded to make lesson-learning mistakes. And not exactly put in positions to succeed. That too. Like, it only recently, this is Noah Grigger's third season in the NHL, only now has Bob realized, oh shit, if I want to get something good out of Noah Gregor, I need to play him in a position that, uh, you know, boosts up his strengths. It took three years to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's. So just... I, I, I think if the plan is to, again, if the plan is to just play for another draft pick, then yeah, who cares? But at the same time, don't be surprised if if Bob looks at the young players and says, "Well, you're not a, you're not enough of a knuckle dragger for me." <laughs> Instead of more, uh, a few more in the chat. PJ asking, uh, is "The new GM going to be banned from signing NTC NMC in contracts?" No, the new GM is going to be able to is going to be given whatever rope. Can I can I on. just can I say and and don't think I'm flaming you, but this is partially your fault. The what? the whole discussion about eight year contracts and no move clauses. Yes, maybe they're not ideal, but as we say, if you want to be a good team, you have to keep your good players. That's the price of keeping them. Okay, I don't understand how I got so when you because you always say because you always say oh Doug Wilson only signs eight years deals now and it's like well it's been proven no it, it, no <laughs> factually factually you're correct but it's also worth mentioning the reason behind that if you want to be a good okay. team you have to keep your good players and that's the price to keep your good players uh, Ricky saying the new GM is going to have a nice set of golden handcuffs Platner doesn't want a rebuild. And again, look at the contracts. Why would he? Uh, yeah, exactly. But it's, yeah, no matter, you could bring in Scotty Bowman in his fucking heyday, whoever it is, it's the person is going to be beholden to the deals that are on the books. Now, can whoever this GM is, can they accelerate movement? You know, can they, oh, well, you know what? We're going to have to buy out this. We're going to have to eat some salary on this to make this happen. But that's what needs to happen in my vision. Mm -hmm. but it still goes back to the whole idea of Plotner doesn't want to rebuild. And who's to say that there are a couple GM candidates that they talk to and they come in and say, 
look, I understand what you're, what you guys want. I've looked at the contracts, the guys that you have on, and I'm telling you, here is my vision. And that vision starts with an accelerated rebuild. And, and, and that's, and they're going to be like, thank you very much. The Starbucks is over there. Bye-bye. Well, and you know what? Prior to hurdle resigning the, uh, accelerated rebuild was was the smart play i think now but now that hurdle <laughs> now that hurdle has resigned and i we've said this for 2 years dude whatever you think about the sharks whether you think they're good bad playoff team not a playoff team the way they're built every year they have to try mhm they have to try and now that you resigned hurdle that mantra of we have to try is in effect. And I, and again, I'm not going to pretend like I'm some genius. You know, obviously there's a lot of garbage that needs to be sifted through in order to make this team, not even a Stanley cup contender, but just a playoff team. <laughs> Playoffs. You know? And I think, you know, obviously nobody here, nobody here is glad that Doug Wilson has gone due to health related issues. Not at all. Nobody here is glad about that. No. But I think at the same time, in a kind of a weird way, it, it, it's a benefit that somebody, because when you read the tea leaves, it seems like Joe Will is going to stay in the role as assistant general manager. I'm sorry, who? Joe Will. <laughs> so when you read the tea leaves and you see that, it's kind of a, a, a quote-unquote blessing in disguise, so to speak, that a new guy is going to come in and he's not going to be loyal to Brent Burns. He's not going to be loyal to Mark Edward Vosick, to Kevin LeBanc, you know, loyalties who uh, might not be loyal to Hurdle or Couture or Eric Carlson. Uh, Hurdle and Carlson, I disagree with you there. Couture, though, I see where you're coming from. I see it. Point being is, and I've said this all year, you know, if, and, and Ian Reed said it, has been saying it the minute that Hurdle resigned, if you want to make this team even remotely appearing like a playoff contender, you have to address the money tied up on the blue line and address the lack of depth at the forward group. And here's the thing. Here's what they won't tell you. Those two moves have to be done in tandem. Yep. Burns for Ehlers. We said it three years ago. We're saying it again. <laughs> uh, Sharks last asking, did you guys look over the GM prospects in Pashelka's article? couple of them would be pretty cool. Here's opening. Um, I glossed over it, but I just I don't want to get into a bunch of what ifs. I'm just gonna wait until we hear. Cause look, chances are we're not gonna hear there's there will be no leaks as to who was spoken about or spoken to. It's going to be here's our decision, here's the new GM. Right. So we're gonna get what we get and then we can dump all over it. <laughs> Jeff Merrick evidently mentioning John Ferguson Jr., currently the Yotes AGM as someone. And Why would I'm you not... want anybody from the Yotes organization at this point? Well, and if I'm not mistaken, wasn't didn't John Ferguson Jr. or maybe John Ferguson Sr. used to be involved with the Sharks, if I'm not mistaken? Boo, that's it might have been guy. his I think it was his dad. Perhaps. That's another putt guy question. Uh, but I want to get back to something you said a minute ago when you were talking about some of the other teams. Uh, you know, Because when we were initially going to talk about Doug Wilson tonight, it was you know that w a bajillion times. Wilson has talked about holding people accountable. And 
it was kind of like, well, when do we get to hold you accountable? I mean, you know, Wilson has doled out these contracts recently, you know, they have failed on the return over investment over the last few years. And, but then it's like, but then again, is it better to dance with the devil? You know, like Wilson has a record. He has a cachet, obviously with Hasso Plotner. We're, we're soon going to see. But my question though is, uh, you know, would missing the playoffs for four straight season, would that have been the final straw for Plotner? We'll, we'll never know because what if this season is the outlier for Timo Meyer? What if, you know, right now 31 goals and 70 some odd points, what if next season he regresses and it's 25 goals and, you know, 60 points? What if this season was the outlier for Timo? What if EK65 is injured yet again? And as it stands now, Jerk, is there any reason for you to believe that the Sharks will be a playoff team next season when you compare them realistically to the other Pacific Division teams? Because there's a you look at Anaheim, then you look at L.A., they're uh, Anaheim, obviously not on the come up, but a shit ton of cap space. There's a lot for them to work with. L.A. on the come up. Vegas and now. Vegas it, is still there. Vegas is still there, but has a lot of cap shit that they're going to have to deal with in this off season. Edmonton still has arguably the two best players in the league. Calgary is good, evidently. Uh, yeah, Calgary's right there, and uh, Vancouver. Could, you know, let's be honest. Vancouver could be in the top three if maybe they start with Boudreaux. And why they waited so long to, to well, you know. Because because literally, dude, prior to, I don't remember if it was. <laughs> dude, I'm, so, I'm sorry, Dana going, AJ, stop speaking these things into existence. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, you know, very, and and I'm going to, I'm going to fact check myself here because that's, that's what we do here. Um, but Part of the reason why, and this is just how I understand it, no, you can't say whether or not it's true or not, but how I understand it is part of the reason why it took so long uh, to bring in Bruce Boudreaux is because they had just signed Travis Green, uh, oh, their coach, to an extension. Like, ouch, that's a kick in the balls. Yeah, I believe, Oof. And and I'm a little fuzzy on the timeline, but it was, I don't think, I think it was last season so coming out of the bubble he had just signed an extension to answer your question skyler coming in hot uh ferguson jr a coyotes agm was the sharks director of pro scouting 8 to 14 i was gonna say i know he was involved in the organization and i actually looked his dad was a you know special consultant to the gm for the sharks as well and that was probably in the 90s if i had to guess so both of them have their fingerprints on the sharks at least of the early years but i don't know i think well, I mean, just real quickly, top to bottom, you're 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 gonna lose uh, Getzloff. He said he's retiring. Yeah, he's out. He's done, dude. And right now, projected cap space, the Ducks are at eleven million. <laughs> That's the thing. They're, they're at eleven million, but their team is set. But well, I mean, dude, they're at eleven million. They're losing well, eleven million for this year. Worth y saying, yeah. But eleven million, they're losing Getzloff. The the cap is going up a mill. You you still and and you've got talents like Zegras, Troy Terry, like I mean he, Sam Steele's been up and down, but still mm -hmm. only twenty four years old. Uh, Comtois, dude, only twenty three. There is some talent there. 
Mm-hmm. And you still have John Gibson. So I look at it, I'm going. <laughs> Ryan's going to be mad that you didn't mention Isaac Lundestrom. <laughs> <laughs> but you have some pieces there. That team could potentially be you know, successful. At least maybe top four. At least maybe top five. And and here's the thing, teams like you you see it all the time. A team like Anaheim, right? You look at all the young talent they have. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of good young players who are making an impact. As you said, you mentioned Trevor Zegers, you mentioned Troy Terry. Max Comtois has had an awful year this year, but last year he was their best player. And same thing on the blue line, a handful of young players who are already making an impact. This is the team. Assuming like if they just keep staying the course, assuming they don't trade John Gibson. This is a team who has a bunch of young kids that are performing, and they say, let's bring in a really big-name veteran to kind of supplement this group. Joe Thornton! In before, (laughs) I don't know if you know this term, it's a young person term, in before Claude Giroux to Anaheim? I think he wants to pay those taxes, huh? Dude, have you seen Southern California? Say what you want about the traffic. The beaches are nice. No, I feel you. But the the other thing, besides having all that cap free, it's you know it's they don't have uh, they have so much flexibility. They only have like three players that are signed over the next couple seasons. You know, it's like Cam Fowler, John Gibson, and Henrique. Well, here's the thing. So that they're money making moves, as uh, Cardi B would say, for next season half of their salary cap space is unaccounted for. They have 41 million in cap space next year. When they re-sign, like, you know, there are some guys, there are some guys who I'm sure they'll just let go. And there are other guys who they'll sign where, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe they'll get a a slight raise, but nobody is going to blow them up. Right. They're primed. If they think their young players are in a position to be impactful NHLers, they're primed to, Lure in a well, big fish. Dude, and if you look at it, uh, like I'm looking at them on Cap Friendly. Dude, Adam Henrique, 32. Mm-hmm. Getzloff, 36, retiring. Derek Grant, 31. Sam Carrick, 30. They literally, uh, all those players that they have, they have four that are over 30. That are uh, 30. At forward, th- at forward. Yeah, at forward, that are 30 or over. Yeah, okay, so the defense is a little different, you know, but defense, they age better and those the defensemen they have specific like schuster okay whatever but shattenkirk and cam fowler good defensemen yeah I'm, dude and i'm fine with what they have in the pipe and for all the talk about it, it seems like john gibson's been there since he was a fetus he's still only 28 years old he's young for a goalie yeah so it's like i so i look at anaheim and i'll go fucking a then sleeping you, giant yeah you bring it over to calgary Proven they're good. You know, like, okay, they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do with uh, Goudreau and Kachuk. And, dude, stick taps to uh, Goudreau for fucking playing that that final contract here. (laughs) (laughs) But this is kind of a make it, break it now for for Calgary. Like, they have to do it because they got a lot of UFAs and there's some money that's going to kick in. Right. So, they're, but Calgary, dude, I, I still look at them. If Markstrom continues to be Markstrom, and he's there for another f- like four years, dude. So I would I would put Calgary above San Jose again. Edmonton, best two players in the league. So there's that. If they find a goaltender, holy shit. L.A. We already talked about on the come up. So I just back to my point. How how do you look at 
the Sharks objectively right now and say, I think they can be a playoff team this next season. Well, I, I don't see how. I think getting a new GM makes them makes the believability of them as a playoff team more likely, right? What you th- you think they're going to try to sell it? <laughs> no, not going to sell it. But like I said before, you bring in a new GM who's not as in love with the. Oh, I see what you're saying. With the people who've been around, like, and and you've kind of seen it before, like the and and again, I don't want the Sharks to hire Jim Benning or a Jim Benning clone. I I want to squash that right away, but I always go back to like think about, say what you want about Ryan Kessler, he was a staple of Vancouver. The fans loved him. He had some really good years there. He you thought of him in Vancouver in the same sense all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Jim Benning's first day as Canucks GM traded Ryan Kessler. His first day. That's the kind of fuck you. <laughs> that's the kind of deck chair shuffling we need. Uh, Marty T asking, would you rather be in the shark situation now or a middling team that has the second best? Or I'm sorry, has the two best players in the league? Uh, I, I'll give me the two best players in the league any day. I disagree. That goaltending sucks. That blue line sucks. Yeah, but like, you can, if, like, it's just they need to find – see, Edmonton needs to find the right GM in place to build around these guys. But to your point, though, and this has been brought up before, is there's been other people that have said, look, you can – if you could acquire McDavid for all these different pieces, would you do it? And a lot of people said – no, let let them pay up the wazoo. Let McDavid eat, you know, 18, 20% of their cap. And and the the problem with putting everything into every all the eggs into one basket and we every time the Edmonton Oilers have made the playoffs in the McDavid era, right? 2017, uh 2020, 2021. McDavid and Drysdale go silent. That whole team goes silent. And I know uh, fair point. Fair point. you think about the Sharks, and we talked about this last week. We talked about 2016. You remember, oh, Pavelski goes silent. No worries. Couture is there. You think about 2019. Oh, Couture goes silent. Hurdle goes there. Yep. Or uh, Hurdle picks up the slack. Pavelski gets injured. No problem. Nyquist and Kane, they got it. Yep. You know what I mean? Like somebody goes quiet. Somebody else picks up the slack. If McDavid and Dreisaitl, as good as they are, I think – if one of them goes quiet, that team's still dead in the water. Their forward depth, I will say, their forward depth is better than it's been in years past. They brought in Evander Kane. Whatever you want about his, say about his personality, he still is a crappy person. But in terms of between the boards on the ice, he's obviously making a positive impact on the ice. Zach Hyman has been a good addition for them. Warren Fogle has been a good addition for them. Their forwards are better than they've been the last couple of years. But as I said, the blue line is still a nightmare. The goaltending is still a nightmare. Okay, so this goes back to something that me and you talked about a couple of weeks ago offline. Mm-hmm. Is this why when we were look, when I was, when I sent you my picks for the playoffs, we only disagreed on two, and one of the matchups was L.A. Edmonton. I took Edmonton, and you took L.A. Is that why? Yeah, that has a lot to do with it. Okay. I think L.A. is kind of – I think L.A. is a bit fragile right now. I mean, they've had <laughs> – From – like, literally, like, bones are broken. <laughs> right, but, you know, they've, like they, – they've had some injuries, but I you look at L.A., you look at who's been playing well for them lately, you know, 
Adrian Kempe can go quiet in the playoffs. Trevor Moore can go quiet in the playoffs. They need more from Vic- – granted, Victor Arvidsson's had a brutal year, but they need more from Victor Arvidsson. They need more from Alex Iafalo. And, and Arvidsson's had a good year, but just up and down in terms of his health. Like, I still if, – if L.A. and Edmonton is the playoff matchup, I still take L.A., but say Edmonton found a way to get through them, it wouldn't really surprise me. All right. Uh, PJ coming in saying – are the Sharks not re-signing Barabanov, Dolan, or Ferraro because of the Vander Kane grievance? Nope. 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 <laughs> nope. Well, the thing is, Dolan and Ferraro, the Sharks could wait until day one of the regular season to do that. There's no time crunch to do that. Barabanov is a bit of a tougher situation, and like I've been saying pretty much since the trade deadline passed on March 21st, the moment the deadline passed and Barabanov was not traded or extended— all of the leverage all, all of the leverage is now in Barabanov's hands so maybe he you know and again we don't know but you know it could easily be a situation where Barabanov is like you know what you didn't sign me before the deadline let's finish the season and we'll talk about it and it's not a coincidence we talked about this two weeks ago it's not a coincidence that the trade deadline passes Barabanov goes unsigned and he has his best seven game stretch of the season yeah it's not a coincidence uh, I just want to put this out here right now. Dana coming in. Edmonton will be swept in the first round. Full stop. Good night. Uh, Edmund, uh, uh, Dana, put some money in that. Throw throw down the bet. I would. I mean, nothing crazy. You know, 10, 20 bucks, but I would still throw it down. Uh, dude, the, dude, the uh, the hockey jerk $5 special. I was going to say, I, I noticed it's not taped to your, your boom. Well, because I'm still waiting on it. I still haven't gotten it yet. <laughs> it's forthcoming. There you go. Uh, I'll, so, I'll have my. I'll have my. I'll. I'll have my. my people talk I'll, to you. I'll, they'll wire it to you. Yeah. So look, uh, let, let's finally kind of put the bow on the whole Wilson thing. Um, I mean, look for for how great he was for the Sharks for so long. Uh, I mean, how many Western, like four or five Western Conference finals, the Stanley Cup final? It's not his fault the team, you know, didn't get over the hump. It's not Doug Wilson's fault that Hurdle got injured, Carlson got injured. Uh, I mean, Jesus, what what are you going to do? Right, that's the thing. It's there. There are some things that you can absolutely blame him for, but oh, Mikel Bodker every day. <laughs> <laughs> right, absolutely, absolutely, and and you know. There are other things though where there are other things where it's at a it, it gets to a point where it's in the players' hands. Mm-hmm. But and sometimes, you know, sometimes the players just squander it, and sometimes they can't get over the hump. In the case of 2019, a lot of injuries. You can only do so much, but point still stands. Well, I mean, you, you look at all the blockbuster deals, whether it's uh, Joe Thornton, Danny Boyle. Eric Carlson, uh, what's the one I'm missing? Brent Burns. Uh, I, you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody who tells you that Doug Wilson did not come out on the winning side of every one of those. But most people are going to tell you who ended up with the best player out of that. They're the winner. Right? Right. So, now, and again, I will sit there and – you know, I don't, I don't, I, I didn't like the Carlson trade, but I understood it and I looked at what was being given up and I went, you know, it's, I can see it. I understood it. And I'm like, he, he's making a run. He's going for it. Everybody knows my problem. It's the extension, but neither here nor there. 
See, um, I'm kind of I'm kind of the opposite where you say you didn't like it, but you understood it. I liked it value wise because I thought like, oh, wow, you got Eric Carlson for close to nothing like that's solid value. I just I felt I like you went out to get though. a you went and got a piece that I don't know that you necessarily needed. That's what I'm saying. That's why I didn't understand it, because you have Brent Burns and you have Ryan Merkley coming up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I I liked it from a value perspective, but I didn't understand it. Uh oh, Seabrook bringing up some shit. Speaking of bet, told you AJ Vancouver over San Jose at the end of the season. When was this? I need uh, tweets. Bring your receipts, Chief. Uh, anyway, so th- back to where we were. Look, Doug Wilson, he's come out on the top end of that. Uh, the the rentals. Bill Guerin, Brian Campbell. The, yeah, you know. but okay, but but think about that. Bill Guerin, two thousand seven. Brian Campbell, two thousand eight. Talk about some recent rentals. Evander Kane, twenty eighteen. Gus Nyquist, twenty nineteen. The those yes, I I will totally give you that. And see, that's the whole thing is that the other thing you look at getting Bill Guerin. Is it Doug Wilson's fault that he, Chief didn't perform? Well, but that's the thing is, is he exactly Bill Garrett. I mean, in the regular season, Bill Garrett performed, but uh, Brian Campbell, Spinorama. Hello. Yeah. And, and even then <laughs> Brian Campbell, like, you know, Brian Campbell, the only reason Brian can't like from a numbers perspective, Brian Campbell worked out perfectly. The only reason he didn't work out is because he wanted more money from Chicago. And I think you have to give Doug Wilson credit for not caving into some big dumb contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nyquist. I mean, I'm. I thought he was going to resign. D- as did I, dude. And let's be honest: the best part of the Sharks getting Nyquist was the immortal quote from Hockey Jerk saying he was surprised because usually you have to go through two or three duck Nyquists before you get a goose. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> I thought about that. So he's done all right there, but the uh, I will say though, some of the the UFAs, you know. Bodker, that's a fucking head scratcher. Yeah, the Bodker one Couple was. Of, but sh- you know what? Show me the GM that bats a thousand. You know what I mean? And I think that's the point that's worth making as well. You get a lot of, and again, I used the term earlier. I'll say it again. A lot of mouth breathers who think that a bad trade, a bad signing, a bad extension, like, is a strictly sharks problem. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I think, and, and again, I think you and I do a pretty good job at following other teams around the league in addition to the Sharks. Say what you want about the Sharks' bad trades, bad signings, bad extensions. I can confidently say that they're in the lower half in the league and of the league in terms of how many times it happens. Yeah. Oh, okay. Shit, we're about to get into it. Dana coming in hot. Why would you not sign a player you traded a bunch of assets for? I'm not saying don't sign him. I don't know that you need to make him the most expensive defenseman on the planet. Well, and and I and, and I do and to wonder, do it like two weeks before the deadline, make him sweat a little bit. Yeah, I well, and I wonder like there's a couple with the whole Eric Carlson thing. There's a couple like, things was I like wonder. Vegas on the doorstep. We'll give him twelve. <laughs> Wouldn't it surprise me? But there, <laughs> there's there's a couple things that I wonder. Like, okay, did they go to him and say, hey? We know this is what you're asking for, but like, if you took this number, it would make us more competitive. We could extend the shelf life of the franchise. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that happened, and maybe it did, maybe it didn't. Who I'm knows? I'm gonna say it didn't, but go ahead. 
I also wonder, you know, we were all under the impression that Gus Nyquist was going to re-sign with the Sharks. I wonder if that was a lock, because Nyquist and Carlson are boys. I wonder if that had happened. If Nyquist had put pen to paper, I wonder if Carlson would have been like, hey, you're bringing back my buddy. I'll take a little less. Keep the band together. Yeah. That would have been nice. Uh, but Dana's saying EK65 was always going to demand 11.5. You, uh, Honey, I, I, and I don't mean that in a disparaging way. That's my bad. I, I, I would have said that to jerk in the same way, so that's it's not a gender thing, and I don't want everybody to start flaming me on Twitter. I'm just saying, EK65 was always going to demand 11.5. That's fine. I, I, I can demand that I get a Ferrari. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. Well, and I think that the point she's trying to make, I think, kind of goes back to what I was saying. Like, if you want to be a good team, you have to keep your good players. Yes, I get that. But it's it's just that idea of like, you know, it goes back to the, well, if the Sharks didn't give them 11.5, somebody else would have. Let them. If the Sharks and, didn't have Burns, I'd be like, yeah, oh, no, okay, fine. Yeah, let's do it. And th that's the crux of the issue. And that goes back to what I was saying a couple minutes ago. Yeah. Why are you – and, again, I've – I've enjoyed Eric Carlson as a shark, but why are you bringing in a player like Eric Carlson when you have Brent Burns, who is come? I know he won the Norris Trophy two years before Carlson came in, but his best statistical season was the year before Carlson came in. Why are you acquiring Eric Carlson with Burns is coming off of a career year, and when you have Ryan Merkley in the pipeline? Exactly. And, and Ryan said in the chat, "I would have rather had Mark Stone." Hey, now. Me too. The fuck? I would have taken, uh, what's his name? Hoffman. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Dude, absolutely. Uh, Puck guy pointing out, Sharks had Boyle and Burns on the same team. We're two offensively-minded defensemen. But you know what, though? Boyle and Burns are physical. Carlson mm -hmm. isn't. He has a not different kind of game. Not, not only that, but a season and a half into his tenure on the Sharks, Brent Burns was moved to forward because the forward depth was hurting. And where are we at nine years later? Oh, the forward depth is hurting, and we have a surplus on defense. <laughs> ah. Oh, I feel like we could get into this all goddamn night. So let's uh, let, let's move on from this because it's, it's, you know. We'll, we'll save this for the Discord, we're, people. We're, we're, we're cutting into my requisite jack-in-the-box onion ring trip. Hey, now. So, hey, no free ads, fucker. <laughs> uh, we, we talked about... How do about... you know it's free? <laughs> <laughs> Use the promo code PuckNology. Oh! <laughs> we, we talked about this a little bit last week uh, about streaming. Uh, is that good for sports, good for hockey? Both ESPN Plus, Sharks Audio Networks is streaming. Some fans continue to be turned off by streaming. I've seen a lot of complaints. Yeah. I know, but you know what? On the ESPN side, most complaints have to do with having to pay for yet another platform, which I get. Plus, mm -hmm. lack of pre and post, uh, if, if you're into that. And that the broadcast team is largely unfamiliar with the teams they're covering, and which is absolutely true. That well, I get. I'll tell you what, though. And, and again, that point, I think, is a valid point to make. But I think it's worth saying the broadcast team that has done the Sharks games that have been on ESPN Plus this year. I know Brian Boucher was the color guy. I don't Dude, recall. Dude, a shit show. Yeah, Bush, Brian Boucher was the color guy. I don't recall who did play-by-play. -play. It was not Bouchergrasse. It was – if I heard the name, I would know it. But the two – Boucher and this other person, I've actually thought they were well-researched on the Sharks in those games. Mm. Like they were, they were saying things that I was like, 
oh yeah, I forgot that was a thing. And they were just dropping it out there like everybody knew it, you know. Well, and Chris saying my only complaint about streaming is blackouts. Yeah, if you're yep. stream the yeah, there should be no such thing. On the audio network side, complaints are generally about the glitchiness of the Sharks app. Where audio you know <laughs> that audio... app has sucked since it since it released <laughs> I mean audio will drop out. Well, and that's the whole thing. Where, where do we live? The fucking heart of the Silicon Valley. Get Apple involved, man. <laughs> but audio will drop out. There'll be stutters. Difficult to sync. Like there should be some sort of a button that, like, it your phone can like listen to where you are in the broadcast and it'll like auto sync. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But uh, but the other thing, of course, being is that look, phones don't have unlimited batteries. <laughs> you know they do they do drain. And it can make quick use of data plans. Not everybody has unlimited data. Right. You know, it's very easy to just pop on a fucking FM radio. Anyway, and that, you know, and you got to click three or four times to find the goddamn stream. And then you're forced to listen to a 30 second or minute long advertisement before the game. <laughs> Kaiser comes on. Permanente oh. is raising the standard <laughs> for health and medical safety in the Silicon Valley. All right. We got to get to the Jersey giveaway here in a minute. Um, yeah, let's let's run it along here. Yeah, let's run it. Uh, when do we see the fan appreciation Jersey design for the April 23rd game? The submission was like four months ago. Uh, look, who knows if we're going to see that things may have changed dramatically. So we'll, we'll, there's been a couple of people asking about that. So April 23rd is fan appreciation for the San Jose Sharks. Uh, if I remember correctly, there was talk about there being something with Doug Wilson because it's a game against the Chicago Blackhawks. So it looks like that's probably out the window. And if supply chain issues are still occurring, we don't know if the fan appreciation jersey is going to happen, so we'll see. Um, if you want the puck guy, do me a favor. Throw a uh, temporary link to uh, the Discord in here for the uh, Sharks chat. Sharks chat. Don't 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 give away the green room just yet. Uh, war rumors are also swirling that more than one San Jose hockey team is getting new jerseys next season now. For those of you who don't know, the Barracuda had Fan Appreciation Day earlier. They played what is expected to be their final game in those insanely bright jerseys, uh, the orange ones I'm referring to. Uh, they were officially eliminated from the playoffs yesterday, uh, but if you look at their Twitter right now, they are slowly leaking what is expected to be one of their new jerseys. If you remember, we spoke with Eric Grunfast, Director of Business Ops for the Barracuda last month, and he told us among new changes coming – Three new jerseys were on the horizon and expect to see one of them soon. Go check the Barracuda Twitter. They're already linking, uh, leaking one of them, and it appears to be a black jersey with some teal trim. Jerk, are you excited if, that this could be a primary rather than an alternate? I am excited. I think it's the uh, – how many times have you heard people say, oh, every team has a black alternate jersey? Yeah. And But not every it, team has a black primary. Exactly. The only two that come to my mind are the LA Kings, whose are ugly, and the Ottawa Senators, who have really nice jerseys. And you can say what you want about black as a color. It's boring. It's dark. You know, are you emo? Like, what's the story? But (laughs) I think the black, when it's a black primary jersey, I think it kind of gives you some more creative freedom to, like, do it up really nice and pretty. Because when it's a black alternate, I kind of feel like you're just throwing something together really quick because you're not going to wear it all that often. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what the Cooter are going to come up with, but there's also rumors swirling that the San Jose Hockey Club, known as the Sharks, may be getting 
three new jerseys next season. For legal reasons, I cannot comment. There you go. Oh, well, actually, I can comment on uh, Retro Reverse 2.0. Yeah, reverse, yeah. Retro Reverse. Or whatever reverse that retro, Whatever called. the fuck it's called. Yeah. Tell me the buzzword and we'll say it. <laughs> exactly. 2.0 is dropping, but there's some speculation as to new primary, new away. We're going to see. But you heard it here first. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, we how many uh, teams have uh, clinched playoffs so far? We got four. We got Florida, Toronto, Colorado, Carolina, Rangers. Five. All right. Um, would you take one through eight? I don't care. <laughs> no, uh, just kidding. I. Me, you I, know what? Okay. No, no, fuck, no, 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 no. Fuck you. Uh, seventy. No, 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 pe- but- no, no, no. Seventy people are watching. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm no. gonna throw it to you guys in the chat. <laughs> Would you prefer one through eight like it used to be, or do you actually enjoy this uh, shenaniganery of the, you know, nope, the first two rounds have to remain in division? You know, I know I was fucking around, but I actually like the one through eight better. And the point I've always made is the one through eight, you kind of have a, a random draw, so to speak, when it comes to playoff matches. There's more, it's more open. There's more possibilities, right? Mm-hmm. And so because of that fact, if you play the same team two years in a row, two of three years, it makes it that much more intense. You know what I mean? Because it's less likely that you play a certain team. So when you do play them, it means something. Yes. And, you know, and and I'll tell you what, like right now, like you look at the standings right now, you look at the you look at the NHL standings. Okay. well, there's still, you know almost a month left in the regular season. But, you know, Edmonton and L.A. are probably going to play each other. And even though there's still almost a month left, that has already been decided. Whereas if you remember back in the day, like how many times would you come into a game and it says, well, if we win and this team loses, we play Detroit. But if we lose and they lose, we play St. Louis. But if we both win, then we play Colorado. And like the, the, like, New York Stock Exchange level of like tracking standings. You know what I mean? Well, it seems overwhelmingly in the chat. It's let's go back to one through eight. And I agree. agree. As do I, because the thing like I for all the talk of like trying to keep the travel better, which I, I do understand, but I just think it sucks if you've got two and three in one division and both of them have like far better records than two and three in the other division. It just sucks that you have to potentially lose one team that is like way better than the other two teams that played. You know what I mean? Well, I just saw somebody tweet about that where it's like, okay, so you look at the, and again, you go back to the standings, like it's probably, it's looking like in the Metro. Well, dude, it, it, in, in the Central, Minnesota and St. Louis, both 94 points each. In the Pacific, Edmonton 90, LA 86. So there's two teams that are going to face each other that are better than the other two teams are going to face in the Pacific. Well, and the, and and that's the thing we've seen. I don't remember the year that we saw it, but I remember there was one year where because of the divisional playoff setup in the second round, I I know I want to say the Rangers were involved in the second round. The team that had more points in the standings didn't have home ice advantage because yeah. they because they were the wild card team where the other team was whatever division you know second or you know second place division or third place division whatever and even now like you look 
prime example. And granted, things can change. It's such a small difference. But Pittsburgh Penguins, third in the Metropolitan Division, 94 points. Boston Bruins are in the wild card spot, but they've got 95 points. Well, it's just I'm looking at it just purely because I'm selfish and only give a shit about the West. If you look at it right now, it's Colorado would face Dallas as it mm-hmm. stands right now. Colorado faces Dallas. Correct. But at one through eight, Colorado faces L.A. Mm-hmm. You know, and then Calgary would face Nashville. But if we go back to one through eight, Cal- Calgary is facing Dallas. Right. And then, uh, you know, go back to what it is today. Minnesota versus St. Louis, whereas right now it would be Minnesota versus Nashville. So it's essentially if they went through back to one through eight, every fucking playoff matchup would change. And here's kind of your to put the cherry on top of that. If you join us in Discord after the show, <laughs> I'll tell you what the playoff matchups would be if the NHL did their playoffs like the NFL. And he'll also tell you who's going to win each one. So anyway. Yeah, maybe. Uh, okay. Let's <laughs> uh, finish off. Uh, Puck guy, you got that uh, Discord link to handy? To uh, d- d- don't fan it out to the public. They can DM us if they want it. Okay. There you go. Follow us on social media if you want the Discord link. There you go. Just have a, if you want it. Just D, if you want the Discord link, just DM me and send a picture of yourself. Oh, uh, let's not get creepy, buddy. Or have a picture that's, of yourself on your Twitter. Calm down. Uh, okay. Um, can we talk about Sidney Crosby for a hot? So there's the Ooh. there's the penalty. It's the left hook of Crosby. Are you kidding? How, how does Sidney Crosby get away with a sucker punch on Nick Dowd? Well, uh um, Oh, I forgot. He's Sidney Crosby. My well, bad. He's Sidney Crosby, but also I feel like sucker punches for the most part are let go for the most, you know. That's some bullshit. That's I I agree. It it is it it does contrast with that idea of limiting head contact. Well, that but it it's if there was ever an opportunity like if you want to sit there and say all four guys on the ice missed it, sure. For that to not be given supplemental discipline is fucking bullshit. If somebody like a Milan Lucic or Dustin Brown does that, oh, it it's it minimum one game, probably two. You know. Right. Brad Marchand does some shit like that. Oh, based on what's happened to him this year, he's probably getting five. Well, and that kind of reminds me of you remember when um when Joachim Blickfeld uh oh, injured almost Nathan killed, McKinnon? Yeah, almost killed McKinnon. And you had a <laughs> you had a couple people you had a couple people who were saying how can we let a star player get hurt like this? And it's like, well, what if what if McKinnon had blown through Joachim Blickfeld? Would it be the same reaction? Yeah. It's just such bullshit. Either way, it's like, I, I go back to the original thing where it's like, you know what? Before they show this to DOPS, I want somebody to come in with Photoshop and just like put one player in like all pro- – like, okay – Everything that the guy is wearing, just put him all in green and then put the other guy like all in yellow, no logos, you know, to just uh, like we have no idea what player this is from. We are just like pixel out their faces just to make it no bias and then say, is this okay to sit there and go, well, it was Crosby. So, you know, if he doesn't play, people get so sad. Fuck you. Not only that, but Crosby has been in the league for 17 years now. If you haven't seen him at this point, what are you waiting for? <laughs> Fucking A. No, Puck Guy, don't share it. 
Jerk, Jerk's got his own thing. He is the chief of chiefing, as you know. Uh, hey, it's giveaway time. Thank God. Fucking A. All right. So <laughs> for those of you who entered the Sharky uh, Jersey birthday, thing, whatever the fuck this thing is, uh, for those of you who entered, and uh, we my apologies, last week I, I ragged on some of the people that are nice enough, to, nice enough to watch us, saying, hey, man, we put this out there about leaving us a review, and y'all didn't. What the fuck? And uh, my theory is nobody wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But no, I, evidently Apple is a little uh, late to the to the punch. And so they finally got some stuff up. Now, if you remember, the thing about the reviews was I had to read these live to jerk. I know yeah, what they I have say. not read these. Yeah. Jerk has not read these. So we need to do this live. And this is if you remember, we gave away one of these jerseys about a month or so ago. And I, you know, I'm always looking for something that you can't Google. You're not going to find this on Wikipedia. I want something that takes a little bit of uh, effort, a little bit of proof, how long you've been a hardcore fan, something like that. So this is a fun one. Leave us five stars and an entertaining review. Let's get to review number one. Best from Ginger Yoda 88, the best Sharks podcast. This is the perfect podcast for any Sharks fan that bleeds teal. The show features weekly reviews of games, stock up, stock down, and other interesting segments. The hosts don't sugarcoat anything and will give you an honest review of the Sharks. So if you're looking for the best Sharks podcast without ads about manscaping, then Teal Town USA is perfect for you. This is clearly coming from someone who listens to the show, and I appreciate that. So. Because they made the manscaping dig. So. This uh, this review, um, I like it. It's also the first one we heard. There you go. But I I I take no problems with this one. I think this person was, as you said, they very obviously listened to the show. They pumped our tires very well. I think it's good. I think if we stopped the exercise right here, they would win. <coughs> uh, but we move on. <laughs> Numero two. Fun and informative shark podcast dwall drop if i'm getting that right says so i've listened to these guys for just over a year as an out-of-market sharks fan these guys are my go-to replacement for post-game info it is like sitting around the basement with some friends talking about our favorite team parenthetically seriously dudes get to kansas city i will buy you barbecue and beer these Mm. guys keep it real no hometown hype AJ, love you, man. Keep it giving it to EK65. Hockey jerk, I think you should show your real face at some point. Great show. Honest conversation. Keep it up, guys. So, again, this person, uh, the fact that they're a transplant and they listen to us, I think, is even... Killer. It gives them a bump because, you know, it it, it takes a lot of time and energy to be a sports fan while, while living in the city of the sport. The fact that you live somewhere else and you follow, obviously, that's awesome. Barbecue food, I love barbecue food. It's oh, my favorite type of food. I'm in there. Um, okay, you Kansas City barbecue or St. Louis guy? I don't even know what that means. Oh, it's a different Bar- kind of barbecue, put, buddy. Put meat on a grill and season it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the one issue, and it's a five-star review. Shout out to Dwell Drop. Mm-hmm. He says that he loves you. This person doesn't love me. Oh. And right, that, right. That, that, doesn't, point. that doesn't hurt their chances. But I'm just saying, if you're looking for the extra bonus brownie point to win over the judge here. <laughs> Hashtag jerk bump. Yes. If you're looking for the jerk bump, it was not achieved. That said, very good 
uh, review, very positive, very fun to read, and the idea of barbecue being on the table, it has me peaked. And now, we move on. Now, this one is different. This is... Uh, Wait, pause Pause for a second. We have David here in the chat. Could David in the chat be Dwaldrop, perhaps? Perchance? Oh, not a transplant, old-school Casey Blades fan? Perchance? We'll see. <clears throat> All right. Uh, now, this one, this one coming up here, it's a little different because if I understand this correctly this person is coming to us from the uk sweet and evidently the uk and the american uh apple podcast don't talk to each other so it didn't show up he actually had to send the screen cap of this across the pond but here we go from Stephen terry thanks for all the podcasts you guys do they get me through the work uh th- they get me through work every week mm-hmm. the pucknologist episode Always great. Makes me laugh. I always listen in the morning with my coffee as the time difference and I play a game of see if you can hear the whole episode before I crap my (laughs) pants as irritable irritable bowel syndrome and coffee is a dangerous game I play. Listening to you guys makes it slightly easier to be a Sharks fan as the last few years have been tough. Cheers, guys. Now, when it comes to the entertainment factor, this is it's up there. Yeah, I, um, <laughs> again, five I, stars. I, I'm, uh, I'm not personally familiar with IBS. I do love my coffee. <laughs> five stars, very, very kind words. Um, the entertainment factor definitely helps things. Um, I do appreciate that they said listening to us makes it easier to be a Sharks fan. And that's, yeah. that's what we're trying to do. You know, we're trying Inf- to infotainment infotainment. There you go. You ready for the, the the final one? Sure. Okay. Finally, our final entrant. This one coming from Jason Lennon. Sharks suck, but Teal Town USA does not. <laughs> now, oh, right yeah. there, the headline. I'm like, that's an eye catcher. If you have a love-hate relationship with the Sharks like I do, Teal Town USA is for you. You can count on the Sharks to make the – or I'm sorry. You can't count on the Sharks to make the playoffs – but you can count on the boys to provide quality entertainment. They don't hold back on what needs to be said. Tons of great input, tons of great interviews, hours of Hedekin bashing, five stars all day. <laughs> oh, man. I, I okay. got to tell you, this this one gets my vote, brother. And just because I loved the, the headline and I loved the thing about the heady bashing. So, five stars. Very kind words, which we appreciate. Um, you know, like you said with the first review, it's very obvious that this person listens to us regularly. Mm-hmm. It's very hard for me because I want to go with the person from the UK only mm-hmm. be only because I don't know. I really liked their review, but I read this one and how they say sharks suck, but Teal Town USA does not. And the reason why this stands out to me is because, and we've talked about this before, how many times have we seen? When the Sharks aren't a good team, our numbers suffer. Oh, that's, yeah. yeah. And so the fact that this person says, hey, you know what? The Sharks are bad, but these guys kick ass, and I'm going to stick around. Hey, now. I I feel really nervous about making a decision on the spot, but I kind of feel like I'm leaning towards Jason Lennon here. Nope, that's, that's the one I got, Jason okay. Lennon. All right. There you go, Jason Lennon. You are the winner. We're going to slide into your DMs and figure out how to get you this uh, Sharks jersey. Congratulations. Now, 
It, because I've seen your spare bedroom before. Hey now. Do do any of the other entrants, per chance, get a consolation prize? We we might f- try to find something. Mm-hmm. But okay. uh, but Jason Lennon, you uh, you are the the true winner. Uh, that loved it. Loved. I just. Loved all of them. Worth saying. Yeah, absolutely, the, dude. The IBS coffee thing had me had me, had me rolling. But, I don't know. I'm still thinking about that KC barbecue, dude. Yeah, uh, you're not wrong. <laughs> oh man, hold on. Let's let's can we can we just watch Couture all pissed off for a moment? <laughs> it's just fun. What are you doing here, man? Eleven and a half million dollars. What the fuck? Anyway, it's just fun. So, Jason Lennon, congrats. Uh, be reaching out to you. Check your DMs. Uh, coming up this week, we got 11 games left as now. The next time we speak with you, we're going to be catching you up on four Sharks games coming up against Chicago, Nashville, Dallas, and Minnesota. Hey, now. It's your favorite time in jerks. An after dark takeover, which means we are starting at like 540 in the afternoon instead of 7. Hell yeah. This means Jerk is able to fucking get to bed by 8 o'clock. He's going to love this. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be an after dark takeover following the Sharks versus the Wild next Sunday. So we are, for those of you who have us on your uh, schedule, and we appreciate that, at 7 o'clock, we're going to be going immediately following Wild and Sharks. So it's probably going to be about 540-ish. So throw that on there. Uh, Dark Horses, Jerks, Canucks. Uh, holy crap, dude. Three-game winning streak. They're climbing. They're trying. <laughs> I, I mean, the, they they blew a couple of games. They haven't taken, taken advantage of what they needed to, especially a couple of those games against Vegas. But, uh, dude, three-game winning streak. My Kings, three-game losing streak, now behind Edmonton in the standings. Dude. And all... Th- <laughs> Vancouver only six points back too with a game in hand. So dude. you might wanna you might wanna you might wanna you might wanna slow your roll there, guy. Dude, I'm telling you, <laughs> like grabbing my ankles up in here. This is some bullshit. For, <laughs> when we left you last weekend, the LA Kings were up four points on Edmonton. They're now behind four points. <laughs> Holy fuck, dude. I am Revolving not happy. Door. Revolving door. Dude, I am not happy. So Finally, we're going to leave you with this because, holy shit, longest show ever. But, hey, look, Doug Wilson stepping down. Attention must be paid. But we're going to give you our tweet of the week. This is courtesy of Hockey Jerk, by the way, who uh, I don't know how he procured this little deity. but uh, Well, really quick, I want to give credit to the original person, I believe. I'm going to double check. Is that Skyler? Uh, who's, who's, who's throwing this little nugget down? It was drum roll. It was uh, in our in our uh, Discord server. It was it was Denton Simp, Denton Matechuk Simp. Oh, nice. I don't know their real name, but that's what they choose to go by. So therefore, that is their real name. And they, where, did the, where did this comment come from? Was this uh, it was on a. It was on. Well, looking at it, it looks like a, a comment on a YouTube video. I can't say what YouTube oh, video. There you go. But um, the saying from Sachmo Nine. The Sharks should have sent Eklund to the University of Michigan. He could have played with Bortolo on a championship contender. Now, when I first read this, the first thing I said is, do you not understand how college works? But <laughs> so you said. <laughs> well, so there's a couple of things. Number one, 
in order to let alone play for a college team to go to a college, <laughs> you, you have, have to, to register. You have to apply, accepted, <laughs> apply to the college, be accepted by the college, and register for classes and make the hockey team. So it's a four pronged sort of approach here. And yes, you know, a couple people in the Discord server who are in this chat also saying that they nominated it before I did. Fair point. <laughs> So there's a four-pronged approach here. You got to apply, you got to be accepted, you got to register, and you got to make the team. Number two, when you put pen to paper on an NHL contract, as William Mecklen has done, you are never eligible to play college hockey ever again. You, you are a professional, sir. You are a professional. You make professional money. <laughs> so. You, sir, congratulations, have won our tweet of the week. <laughs> I, we will not get into what the prize is, but congratulations. Yeah. Uh, it's. I, I don't know that you can say you can be proud of it, but we don't. Uh, who knows? So. I mean, what what, what, what do they say? Uh, what all, do they say? All, what is it? All publicity is good publicity. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so you can follow him at hockey underscore jerk. You can follow me at AJ underscore strong on those Twitter machines. Remember to leave your take in the comment section of this YouTube video if you're watching but were not able to join us live. Famous last words, jerk. <sighs> Famous last hours. Fuck. Famous last. <laughs> <laughs> you know, taken out of context, that could be that that could sound like something you were trying to say, thinking you were muted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, kind of like how we started the show. Good job. Right. Um, nice callback. So, final last words here so obviously it goes without saying we're gonna have more content to provide in the weeks after the regular season ends we'll i i don't want to speak for aj obviously we have it in our contracts if there's more than seven days without a sharks game we don't have to do a show Fucking a. but you know we've got next week's show that's our penultimate show and then the week after april 24th the season finale for season six finale for pucknologists I'm not going to be there. Dude, we, we, we might have a special guest cameo walk-on, if you will. Yeah, I mean, the, from what I understand, there are three candidates trying to get in my chair for that show. Yeah. Um, But, you know, obviously two shows left for the regular season, but I, I imagine we'll do a playoff preview. I imagine we'll do a post-mortem, on, a full post-mortem on the yeah. Sharks. So, you know, have no fear. Only two weeks left in the regular season, but... You know, I think if I'm speaking generously, I think you'll get four more shows out of us before we go into our summer hibernation. Absolutely. Uh, for me, famous last words, it's just a simple reminder. We're going to be on early next week. So don't, mm -hmm. don't come at me and go, I logged on at 7 o'clock. I didn't know. Hey, hey. <laughs> There's a Sharks game next Sunday. We're gonna be on right after it. So, and that's the thing: a three o'clock puck drop. What? What do we, at the absolute latest? We'll go live at six. The dude, absolute, absolute latest? latest. I'm thinking five forty-five, bro. God, I'm targeting like five thirty-five. But we'll, we'll... <laughs> dude, that that puck is gonna be skittering down towards the empty <laughs> net, and you're gonna be hitting live. Oh, dude, dude. <laughs> I've I've already got it where it's like we usually start at seven, dude. I want to be over by seven. <laughs> <laughs> So, as always, remember to subscribe to this YouTube channel. You can follow us on all those various social media platforms that you may or may not have. And if you listen to the podcast on something like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, whatever, do us a favor. Leave us a little love up there. Help us out. Subscribe to our content. 
Those reviews always help. So does the interaction on YouTube. We appreciate it so much. And you can find the links to all of our social media, the podcast apps, and more in the description below. And you can always find everything on tealtownusa.com. And as always, after every single Sharks game, we go live with After Dark. I got one more thing I want to say. Yeah, whip it out. Whip it out. Today, it is April 10th, and here yes, she sir. is. She She's visiting me on the desk right now. April 10th, it is our our younger cat, Poppy. It is her first birthday. Happy birthday to Poppy. Hey, now. What I only Poppy? say that because she literally just jumped on my desk. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, so there cool. you go. <laughs> so we thank you so much for joining us. I, two hours, it's a long road to hoe, but hey, what, there was nothing else going on on Sunday night, right? <laughs> not, not anything I know. So Will Smith hasn't slapped anybody else, right? We're well, good. It's still, it, it is still Sunday. So. Still, yeah, still early. Only 9 o'clock. <laughs> so we thank you so much for joining, watching, listening, whatever platform you're on, whether it's live or on the reway, replay. We appreciate it. Show episode 159 is in the books. We will catch you next week for 160. Have a fantastic every week. Pfft, have a fantastic. I got to go, man. I'm fucking done. Two hours. I can't do it anymore. Have a fantastic week, everybody. We will see you next Sunday. <laughs>